0: Nook Nation, welcome to a brand new episode of the Nook Nation podcast right here exclusively on the Chinook Social Network. And joining us today is the guy who's usually in this chair for gigs, and he's in the guest chair today, Mitch Thunder Nellis, joining us here on the Nook Nation podcast. Hey, Eric, I I was going to say, it feels a little weird, like not bringing everybody in. Hey, everybody, it's all thunder, you know? Maybe you should do an intro. Give us an intro for the Nook Nation podcast. All right, let's see what I can come up with. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is
1: time for the Nook Nation Podcast.
0: Gonna get How's me, that? You're going to be fired.
1: Starring Eric Snodgrass.
0: All right, we're going to dive into, I don't have one topic because when you and me just have side conversations, we oh. talk about everything. It's stream of consciousness. We just go. Yes, we are going to talk about food and movies and sports, professional wrestling probably at some sure. point. Yep. But I got to say... I feel like I know Mitch Nellis, but I feel like I don't know Mitch Nellis. So let's go back to the meeting. Give us some background on your childhood, wow. how you came to the area. Let the, Absolutely. let the listeners know who Mitch Nellis is.
1: Okay. Uh, so born and raised in Boston, and I, I don't think I hide that very well. Most people know that I'm a Red Sox fan and a Patriots fan and a Celtics fan and a Bruins fan. Um, and I moved here literally the day before I started Nicolay High School as a freshman. Uh, my mom was born here. My, she went to Washington High School, my grandparents were born here, they went to North Division High School. And so my mom had always talked about moving back to Milwaukee. My parents were divorced when I was like two, so it was just me and my mom. Um, and I graduated eighth grade, and in the early 90s, when the country was in a recession, the East Coast was in a depression, especially New England. So my mom had lost her job, and she said, you know, you're going from eighth grade to freshman year, you're going from, I'd been in a private school, I was going to public school in high school, she said, we're moving. So. I still remember it I, I, like it was yesterday. That was a long, almost 30 years ago. So I was at summer camp. And on the East Coast, we start school after Labor Day. In Wisconsin, a lot of times they start in August. So I'm at summer camp. It's Sunday, and all the parents come to pick. It's the last day of camp. All the parents come to camp to pick you up. My mom picks me up. But instead of going home, we drove straight to Logan Airport. Wow. She put me on a plane. My grandparents picked me up at General Mitchell International Airport. They lived in Mequon at the time. We went to one and the next morning I started Nicolay High School. No idea you were heading there. No, I I did know. Okay. My, my, okay. I'd gotten, you know, when you're at overnight camping, we I used to go for eight weeks. I mean, I was gone all summer for for five years. Um, and you, you never get to call home, you know, you know, you write letters. And I was one of those cases where I, I met you know, someday during the summer I got a call Mitch to the head cabin. They said, Mitch, you gotta go up to the office up the hill. And my mom was on the phone and she said, you know, I have some news. We're moving. And I cried and cried and cried because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't get to say goodbye to my friends. I didn't get to say goodbye to my house. I mean, I never went back. Everything was packed for me. Everything was done. Um, I moved in with my grandparents for a couple of weeks. And then I moved in with my aunt and uncle who lived in Fox Point um, so I could ride the bus. And my mom moved a month or two later. Uh, So I went to Nicolet. I then went to Madison. I went for two years. I took two years off. I went back for two years, so I did finish. I went for I was gone for six years, and I'm not a doctor. Don't play one on TV, anything like that. Um, and then after that, I I worked some. Um, I worked at actually at the Ozaki Press, up in Port Washington. Okay. I was their sports writer and reporter for a year, uh, and then I went to go work for Time Warner Cable for a couple of years, uh, and then my buddy Craig Carmisen, who had owned a sports radio station in Madison, bought a station in Milwaukee. So I called him up. I said, what do you got? He said, what took you so long? You can do sales four days a week, and you can do sports under updates one afternoon. And then I started hosting a fantasy football show on the weekends, and then we hired Homer. And Homer needed a full-time producer, so I became his full-time producer. And then Thunder was born. I was Homer and Thunder. I was with ESPN for almost 10 years. Uh, and then I went over to iHeartMedia there for almost five years. And uh, now it's on to, uh, we'll see what the future holds. How did you get the name, Thunder? Um So, first of all, Snodgrass, snotty, grassy, yeah, snods. You're not allowed to give yourself your own nickname. And that's kind of a rule. I agree. Yeah. It's got got to happen organically. Somebody else has to do it. Um, So, Homer and I used to be on from 2 to 6 in Milwaukee and 3 to 6 in Madison. So, at the top of 3 o'clock hour, we would recap everything we talked about from 2 to 3 for the new Madison audience. And it was sponsored. It was called Butt First. And one day… Homer starts at three o'clock hour and just starts talking about everything that we talked about in the two o'clock hour. You know, it totally slipped his mind and you know, Homer's old. So that happens. I love you, Homer. But, you know, if Homer's listening to this, that would be amazing. Of course, if if Homer, listening to the Nook Nook Nation Homer if you're listening to the Nook Nation podcast, I will take you out to the five o'clock supper club, formerly Corpus on me. I think your phone's ringing. Yeah. It's, it's ringing right now. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and so he starts talking about everything. Four minutes later, he says, Oh wait, we totally forgot to do butt first. My bad. Mitch, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Now it's time for, for butt first with Mitch. And I said, Homer, you can't steal my thunder because it's all thunder. And so then he started saying, with Mitch bringing the thunder,
0: and that just morphed into thunder. Wow. Yeah. There you go. It's a pretty it. good story, right? Yeah. You know, I, so I started the Chinooks, I started Jim and the Chinooks in 2010 as an intern. Okay. I will listen to you guys on the way home. Nice. We appreciate that. And Homer, Homer and Thunder. Uh, and I, I'm not just saying this
1: because I was part of it. I re- I really believe that Homer and Thunder was the best sports radio show in the history of Wisconsin sports radio. I would agree. Any station, you know, 97.3, ESPN, The Fan. What? And, and there are a lot of people out
0: there who are doing good work and do good things. But I think Homer and Thunder was better than any of them. I would agree. I don't listen to a ton of sports talk around here. But I did that. It's not then. great right now. There's some of it that's fine. And we have but good there's teams. A whole, right. But, but there's – we just have
1: – we don't have the right personalities in the right slots. I would love to be a program director for our station and just blow
0: it up and redo it. So I remember – I don't remember the exact venue, but the first time we got – Dean Radke, former GM. Yeah, love Dean. We got to talk about Dean a little yes. bit. Yeah. So we were – obviously you guys were a partner of the Chinooks the first few years. And you said, yeah. We were going to meet you somewhere. And I was Jack because I got there to meet <laughs> Mitch Thunder Nellis. So,
1: oh, that's hilarious. Well, I appreciate it's,
0: that. It's a, it, I got a celebrity. So I'm nice trying to think, like, did we have lunch at Street Brewery in Grafton maybe? Or no, or I feel are like you was coming down to Milwaukee for something. It was an – I think I first met you at an event in the third ward. It was uh, – I can't remember the space. It was like a private meeting space. You had, like, the Bucks ownership group. Oh, at, I bet it was the Pritzloff.
1: We were doing the yes. first ever – Um, business of sports event where it was Gilbert Brown, Jermichael Finley, Craig Council, and John McLaughlin. And they all told the story of what they did with their bonus. And McLaughlin said like he got like 2,000. And Craig Council said he got 10,000. And Gilbert said he got like 600,000. And Jermichael said, I got enough to buy my mom a house and then I bought some cars too. (laughs) It was like, okay. It's like the difference
0: in how the evolution of of these bonuses. So – all of it I think you hide your Boston sports fandom pretty well.
1: I don't put it in people's faces. That's you don't. That's not my job. That's not my goal. I don't want to alienate anybody. I understand the run the Patriots have had. Um, but but I don't hide it. But, I, but I've also – listen, I've lived here for 30 years. Not only have I lived here for 30 years, but before that, the first 14 years of my life, I grew up coming here three, four times a year. I grew up every summer going to Brewers games, going to Packers games at County Stadium with my grandpa. I mean, I grew up doing that. So even when I was seven and eight and nine years old living in Boston, I was a Brewers fan, and I was a Packers fan, and I was a Bucks fan. So, I, you know, I have, I have vivid memories of – I'm in 1986, I was at a Bucks sixers playoff game, 10 years old, and the whole crowd is chanting, Barkley sucks, Barkley. And I thought to myself – I looked around and I said,
0: wait a minute. I hate Barkley. Everybody else here hates Barkley too. This is amazing. So you can honestly say you're a Wisconsin sports fan. Absolutely. Yes. I
1: mean, they're all 1A, 1B to me. A lot of it, if they face each other, it depends on the situation. I'm not going to make up my mind until I know who it matters more for and who needs it. When the Bucs and the Celtics played two years ago in the playoffs and it was the 2-7 matchup, I cheered for the Celtics. They were the two. I wanted yep. to see them go. Although in Game 7 in Boston, I started cheering for the, for the Bucs a little bit. And my daughter, who's a diehard Celtics fan – it's like jumping up and down on the couch and said, "Daddy, why aren't you happy?" And I said, "I kind of let the Bucks be playing better right now." So a but then last year, Boston fans not all the time, okay? Because her favorite player is Giannis. Her second favorite player is Jason Tatum. You know, so it's mm-hmm. kind of a it's kind of a mix. Um, she likes she likes Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers, but my younger daughter is definitely Packers over Patriots. Uh, but last year when we were at the 1-it, you know, uh, what, what was the Bucs uh, Celtics? Second round, the 1-4 or whatever it was. Yeah. We were all in for the Bucs. I mean, it wasn't even – there was no thought in our really? mind. Even when the Celtics won game one, there was no thought in our mind. Well, we hated Kevin Irving. Like he was just oh, an unlikable yeah. person. But no, because like we love Giannis and we love the Bucs. And I worked for the Bucs for four years. So, like, I mean, I bleed purple. It's like this whole green and blue and cream. It's fine. And I, I'm waiting for the all-blue uniform because
0: I like the blue. But I'm really a green and purple guy. Do you, so would you say the purple road jersey is your favorite? Yes. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. Not, not the
1: green one with the purple deer on the front. Yeah. I, I hated that one. I didn't like it on Vin. I didn't like it on Glenn. I didn't like it on Torell Brandon. I didn't like it on any of these. But just the straight purple. I have a big dog jersey. Ray Allen's my all-time favorite buck. Um, and I just I – just, I mean, Ray Allen in purple – just looked. I mean, that was that jump shot was never prettier than when he was wearing purple. How about the Christmas color uniforms? Um, too much like Christmas. I agree. I mean, it's not you know, uh, it was it was it was just too much. And and I know they were trying to go back to, to history, but if they were going back to history, I would have liked the mid eighties with like the bars of different greens down the yes. side, Jack Sigma and Fred Roberts and those. I like those. I will throw, throw a little Al Donabhi. You have to throw a little Al You just know. made our
0: graphic designer, Andy Racy. He said the same thing. He goes, when they were going to yeah. change uniforms, I hope they go back to the old Mecca. You know.
1: Yeah, I really liked those. And and I did not like the green and red. Um, I think even with these ones they have now, they could do like some fun bars down the side of the uniform. I like that.
0: So we're all around box, and you're in sports media. So yeah. Why does it seem like that early 2000 crew? gets no attention. Like, you've never seen a Vin Baker, Glenn Robinson bobblehead. They're right. never brought back. I mean, Vin Baker's part of the team, but why is Cassell and Robinson, do you think? Why because it went Robinson so
1: bad so quickly.
0: And it was Anthony Mason's fault and George Carl's
1: uh, and Herb Coles. So it wasn't really their f- It wasn't Glenn Robinson's fault. It wasn't Ray Allen's fault. It wasn't Cassell's fault. Anthony Mason came in. And from you know, there's all sorts of different stories. The one I've been told is that George Carl realized he made a mistake, wanted to cut him right away. And Herb Cole said, No, you're the one who wanted to spend the money, you signed him, you got to deal with it. And then it all went, went sideways, and then issues with Ray and whatever, which is just insane that they couldn't figure out a way to make it work with Ray Allen, who should have been a lifetime buck. Um, dark day, yeah, the Gary oh, awful, day. and Desmond Mason ended up working out, yeah. but it, um. I think because it, it it happened so quickly and then run away so quickly that that was like that was Herb Cole's one chance. That was Herb Cole's one chance at, at creating a winning franchise, and it ended so abruptly and so quickly that as much you know I remember being on the court when Big Dog hit that you know that that three just inside the half court line at the end of the third quarter against the Hornets, and you knew they were going to win and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It was the loudest I'd ever heard at the Bradley Center. And I was standing at Nick Court um, as part of Hoop Troop, ready to shoot T-shirts into the crowd. But it, it, just, it just went away so quick that there wasn't that time to create that attachment. You know, Rayon wasn't a buck. Yeah. Even Big Dog went to Atlanta and he went to Philly and he went to San Antonio. And Sam Casello, you know, was kind of a renegade as well. Yeah. You know, and so like none of those guys were lifetime
0: bucks. And so it wasn't, we didn't have the opportunity to have those relationships either. So right here, start of the new year 2020 prediction for this year for the Bucs. Um, everybody stays healthy. I think they'll be in the finals. You think so? Yes. I think they're
1: I, I think they're better than everybody else in the East. I know Philly's good. I know Boston's good. Miami's been surprising, and Toronto's always gonna be Toronto. I just think the Bucs are a little bit better than everybody else. Um, and I think the injuries to Middleton and Bledsoe early are just gonna help end up helping the team. Uh, and get guys like Divincenzo and Connaughton, uh, and even Wes Matthews, who's like had a little rebirth here. Yeah. Um, get them more part of the team, more bought in. Obviously, the Lopez twins are just—I mean, I want to have a full Great. time. I want to. I love Nook Nation. It, it may be my favorite podcast of all time. I mean, it's all thunders a good one too. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I I would pay the bucks to host a Lopez brother podcast where twice a week we sat down for 45 minutes and I just let them talk about Disney or beating the crap out of each other when they were kids Promise. or whatever. I mean, they are hilarious. They're, you know, the wrestling videos they do, I mean, they, they get it. They get being good dudes. They're both weird and that's good. Weird sells. You know, we need a little more weird in our lives. I agree.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: Um, so I, I, I just, so they're going to make the finals and then, uh, they're going to play one of the la teams i don't know which one if the la team's playing the western conference finals i mean i just think that city's gonna like riot in a good way it'll just be amazing hopefully they'll beat the crap out of each other enough so that they'll a little worse for wear when they get to the finals but both of those teams are really good but you would agree this bucks team is better than last year yeah and i did not think i when the season started i did not think that no i thought i thought not because and i actually like really like malcolm Brogdon. And I, I still do wonder if they had Brogdon instead of Bloodzo, would they be even better? And I, I think I can make that argument. I'm not gonna make it right now, but I think I could. But I didn't just their depth, you know, when they take their starters out and the other team take their starters out, the it's then when the when the Bucks are exponentially better than the other team. You know, yeah, Giannis is awesome and he makes them better, but when they go second team on second team, there's no team in the
0: league that matches up with them. Um, and that was not the case last year. You mentioned the Lopez brothers. The wrestling thing is hilarious. Oh, so goes. good. How the WWE hasn't picked up on it. Like they, were they in town if they haven't, ago. right, if they
1: haven't yet, they will. If they haven't yet, they're going to figure like Vince is calling Alex Lazary or Mark Lazary or Wes Edens or whoever he has to call. So now the problem is like they're super righties and Lazarus are super lefties. And so maybe they don't talk at all. Um, but hopefully politics isn't part of it. Um, but they, they got to figure something out. The twenty
0: four seven title,
1: right? Perfect oh, opportunity. Oh, the twenty four seven. Well, now the Bucks were out of town when WWE True. was in town, True. so that so that because I was following that was the game they were losing to Memphis, and then finished the game on like a twenty to two run. Um, they got they got to figure something out before March twenty eighth, which is the yes. Saturday night that WWE has a house show here. Um, though that might you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find what the Bucks schedule is for that night and see if that overlaps. But I agree. They gotta figure something out. They they gotta do something with uh, with the Bucks and WWE if they're gonna keep doing these. Um, Does somebody get hurt during these accidentally? I mean, do people get hurt during uh, WWE events? Well, yeah, it's real. Exactly. Well, whether it's real or not, it's still physical.
0: Can we? Can no, we agree? Game. No, no game. No game. March twenty eighth, twenty seventh at home in Washington, and then uh, no. that might be gone.
1: In Washington, then, and then they're in Dallas, so they won't. Eh.
0: Yeah. They'd have to fly back special. Make it happen, Vince. All right, they can make it happen. happen yeah. Well, oh no, Friday is
1: Vicer Forum.
0: Yeah, but they play the twenty eighth, so they'll probably have a travel day of the twenty eighth. On the twenty eighth, yeah. I wonder if they could get. Oh, and it's a day game too. Yeah, All All right. Right. definitely. All Before we take a break, uh, let's talk Milwaukee Brewers real quick. I'm guessing you're a Brewers fan. Sure, promise. absolutely. Yeah. How? A lot of changes this offseason. What's your outlook on the brewers for next season? I'm I'm a pro-brewers guy. Um, and I know changes are happening all the time, and so you know it's a podcast, so we're recording
1: this, and we don't know exactly what the brewers roster is gonna look like at when you listen to this, because you could be listening to this two weeks later or a month later or whatever it is. Um, I, I'm 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 on the pro side. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of Twitter angst with the Milwaukee Brewers right now, and I just say to you, you know, whether you're listening to this. On January 6th or January 18th or like, let's wait till February 18th. Let's wait till pitchers and catchers report because on December 2nd, I remember back on December 2nd when they when they were losing Moose and they were losing Grundahl and everybody's freaking out. Well, I don't know if people know this or not, but they don't play baseball on December 2nd. You don't need your roster completed on December 2nd. So, Let's just see where things play. You know, they bring in Lauer and Brett Anderson, two nice lefty starters who pitched well last year. Um, you know, they're getting bullpen help. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, Garcia guy um, who was on Tampa last year was on my fantasy team, Avisal Garcia, and was really good. I mean, he hit 270 with 20-plus home runs. Three years ago, he hit 330. I mean, he's a player. He strikes out a lot, but he can hit the ball. Uh, and if that means more games for Braun on first base, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, another year of you know Kesten Hura in the starting lineup for 162, that guy could be offensively an MVP candidate. Absolutely. You know, defensively, I I I still think I could play a better second base than he does. But that's, I mean, I played it in high school, so that must be true. Um, but I'm I'm pro Brewers. I'm I'm I trust David Stearns. I think they're going to put out a team that's competitive. Um, I You know, the the Reds have certainly gotten better. The Cardinals are probably uh, just as good. The Cubs are probably worse. Pittsburgh sucks. But I just think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be good. I think Council's a really good manager. Uh, I think they have a core that really plays hard and really likes each other. And, yeah, it sucks that they lost Yaz and Moose and, and some of those other guys. But I think they're going to be all right. Those guys got overpaid. They, yeah. Moose, less so, I think. Yeah. Um, but for a 31-year-old catcher. Now – it made sense because he went to the American League. You know, two years from now, he could be a full-time DH. And, you know, the Brewers can't afford that. Yep. The White Sox can because they can put him at DH. Um, you know, Grandal had a
0: great year here. Moose had a great year and a half here. We thank them for their service. Move on. Let's see what's next. Final question for the break. Will the Brewers be able to or re-sign Yelich? I mean, that's going to be the uh, $300 million question, right? I think they will. Yeah. Uh,
1: will they be able to? At the end of the day, Mark Atanasio makes the decision. Yep. Mark Atanasio has the money to do it. It's just whether business sense makes sense, which it probably doesn't, but baseball sense, it does. And I just think, you know, they're going to look at, you know, Kane signed a five year, whatever deal, and he'll only have two years left, and then it'll be off the books. And so they can transfer some of that money. Bronze deal is going to be off the books, and they're going to be able to use that, some of that money. And, and I think they're going to realize, you know, if if Yelich holds out for a twelve year three hundred eighty million dollar deal, they may not bring him back. But if he says okay to an eight year two fifty, then for sure, like I don't I don't want a hometown discount. I don't want him to feel like he has to take a hometown discount. Two hundred fifty million dollars is still a lot of money. Three hundred million is still a lot of money. If he's going to hold up for four hundred million, then maybe it's not going to work. Yeah. We have no idea. We have no idea what's in his head. We haven't heard from his agent. We don't know. You know, he doesn't seem like a a, a Richard like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are really holding out for the the the, the money. Um, again, I don't want a hometown discount,
0: but it's going to make sense for both sides. We'll be back with more with Mitch Thundernose. This is fun right after this. We got a lot more to go. Back here on the Nook Nation podcast, we're going to jump into the stuff that me and Mitch are truly passionate about. I want to go to pro wrestling for a little bit. Let's do it. Before we start current product, Yeah. give me your favorite wrestler of all time. All time the Undertaker.
1: Yeah, it's easy. Um, this is going to sound weird, so don't judge me. But didn't we talk about we needed a little weird? Mm-hmm. Yep. When I was a freshman in college, I had an Undertaker poster on the ceiling, not on the wall. On the ceiling, like over my bed, looking down on me, keeping me safe. The ladies like that. Uh, I had a steady girlfriend at the time okay. who was in high school, so she didn't really care. I don't think I would have uh, been able to make the boom boom with any new girls with the Undertaker. What year would it have been? That was ninety four. So like pink gloves, Undertaker, yeah, the resurgence yep. of yep. the Undertaker. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. It was great. I, uh, yeah, the Undertaker. I just, I love the mysticism. And in the, in the and the and this, I, I mean obviously I didn't like the uh, Wimp Bizkit Undertaker, no. but I don't think anybody did. And it's still like you know you hear the gong and you get chills. Favorite Undertaker match? Um, I loved when I loved when he dressed as Kane and took the mask off and he was Kane at the end. And, and, and I think he was fighting Mankind at the time. They just made an um, action figure of that. Did they really? Yeah. Ooh. I should look into that. Um, I didn't love the like when he put Stone Cold up on the cross. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, but I think just you know, just in, so, you know, some of those matches against Shawn Michaels, just all time Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Um, so I just and you know, they always went back to the Kane rivalry, and it always worked. It just always worked for me. You know, you put Undertaker and Kane together as a tag team or against
0: each other, it always worked for me. A few years back, WrestleMania. 33 Orlando. Yep. His match against Reigns. It was seemed like a send-off. I loved it. Back.
1: I thought it was a great match. And I, I I've always liked Reigns. I know people turn on him and now they're kind of back with him. I always liked Reigns. I thought that was a great match. Would you have brought him back after that moment? Ideally, no. Yeah. Ideally, you don't want to bring him back. Ideally, you use him for events and for whatever. But he's he's shown that he can hang. You know, that that if it's, you know, if it's because it's in Saudi Arabia or India or wherever, or it's one a one-off here and there, he can still work the mic. He can still control a room. Um, that was, in an ideal world, that would have been the send-off. That You know, just leaving the coat and the hat in the ring, and that's it. And passing the torch to Reigns. I mean, I remember, you remember the next night, the first 10 minutes of Raw. it booed him. Was just booing. And I mean, that was, we talk about the art of storytelling when we talk about professional wrestling, that may have been the best decision ever to send Reigns out there and to tell them to shut up for 10 minutes and let them boo because it was like, I mean, it was intense and it was real and people felt it. And that was, you know, you can't, when you, when you as an organization get that type of reaction, that's so real and so visceral, you've won. It doesn't matter if they're cheering or booing or what it is. You, they won that WWE won that moment because it was so amazing. You got passionate, right? I there. do. You I, did. I did. Up. I did. I mean, it, 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 and, and there are times like that. I remember I was in college when Jericho beat who did he beat? Cena and Triple H in the same night, or who was it? It was Triple H who? Uh, no, and who? No, like, Rock. Rock. Rock and Austin. Triple H. Rock and Austin. Oh, Rock and Austin? Yep. Okay. To win the to become the first undisputed champion, Jericho. Like he wasn't supposed to win. And I remember the shock and surprise. I jumped off my couch. I mean, I'm sitting in my apartment by myself watching, I jumped off my couch because it was so unexpected. Like, of course, Rocker Austin is gonna win, and they're gonna find and there's no way and Jericho won. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And when w- and that's the thing that WWE forgets is that they have the power, like. I actually like the authors of Pain and I like Seth Rollins and I like that they're going heel and they're going to beat the crap out of people. Agreed. But they got to get us somewhere with it. Yep. It can't just be the same thing week in week out. At some point there's got to be a payoff where you have an OMG moment. And I hope they get there with whoever it is they're feuding with or what however it happens. I actually hope the three of them beat the crap out of Lesnar. That would be great to me. Um but WWE and whoever's, you know, AEW or whoever's running it, or in professional sports, you're the Bucks or the Brewers or you're the Lakes or Chinooks. Like you remember, you have people there. You have an attentive audience. You got to give them the moment they want. You got to give them the idea they want. You got to give them what they want. You don't always have to. You got, you know, sometimes you tease them a little bit, but at some point, there's got to be a payoff. And
0: I'm going to use your Snook's example. Okay. Rocky and Yo this summer. Yes. We had all the videos leading up. Yep. Rock and Robin's night. Gil yep. shows up unexpectedly, spears him. It was they great. you out there breaking the up. I was. And they reckon you got to reconcile reconcil- right afterwards. Exactly.
1: And that was that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think part of that obviously. Originally when the Chinooks were formed, and Robbins was one of the names that was thought about with Robin Young being in the ownership group. But that was fun. You know, the Robin came out and was the mascot for the night, and Gil was banned from, from the stadium, and Gil still showed up. Um, and that was entertainment. You know, that was fun. The people who were there that night are going to remember that, that Gil and Robin were both there, and it was fun, and it was entertaining, and it was family-friendly, and, you know, that was just a lot of fun.
0: One last Undertaker question, because you mentioned – Oh my God. moment. Yeah. Should they have ever, ever ended the streak. Oh,
1: <sighs> yes. And no, I don't. Yeah. I think they should have. I, I think they should have um, to Lesnar. I'm not sure if it should have been to Lesnar or if it should have been to Reigns the next year, or if it should have been to Cena or I, I don't know where, where, cause at some point Undertaker can't beat Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too unbelievable. You know, it's like, when Lesnar's going up against Rey Mysterio Jr., like Rey Mysterio Jr. can't win that, um, and so on. Some level, you have to keep it believable, even though we know it's it, it's scripted. But it's but it's real it's real life action. You know they're they're, they're undergoing the stunts. It's very taxing physically. Um, but I think they should have. I mean, I, I don't think he should have been undefeated his whole life. If he was going to keep showing up, you know, if at some point he called him and said. You know what? I beat Lesnar. You know, if they had had him beat Lesnar in that match and he retired and literally retired, then I would have been okay with it. But if he's going to keep wrestling, at some point, you got to take the L. Before we jump off pro wrestling, still actively watching? Mostly, yeah. I mean, I, I catch bits and pieces of Monday Night Raw. I catch bits and pieces of Friday Night SmackDown. You'll
0: block off um, three hours and two hours on your Mondays and Fridays. You know what's amazing?
1: The DVR. It is. How amazing is it? Because I can watch Raw in. Half an hour, I can watch SmackDown in twenty-five minutes, and it doesn't. That you know, that's five hours of my week. That just became one hour.
0: You know what's even better? Do you have Hulu? Um, I do have Hulu. They give you a ninety-minute. Segment the fast forward. They take the crap out beforehand. Oh, really? The next day, ninety minutes. They take like I didn't know that senseless stuff that you okay. don't need to know next week. Right. right. So that's why. Oh, that's know. great. Okay. All right. I'll check out Hulu. Wednesday Night um, Wars, NXT, AEW. You watch? Uh, I, I do,
1: but again, like I tune in a little bit here, a little bit there. I see who's fighting. I see who's doing what. AEW hasn't grabbed me yet. Um There was a match uh, a while ago. Was it Jericho against that that really skinny kid? Like, got handcuffed behind his back or something. Yeah, I don't know. Darby Allen, yeah. yeah, like, and it was it was very entertaining and they did a good job. Then Jack Swagger came and, and ruined it. Jack Hager, Jack Hager. Name, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, we the people, um, but I, I, you know, I think I'm NXT, um, you know, with the whole Survivor Series thing that really jumped up NXT. We'll see if they can keep that momentum. Brilliant
0: more. promoting on their part,
1: it was It legitimized NXT. Yeah. NXT wasn't a little it was minor leagues anymore, it was legit. And Finn Balor going back there was great. I think they need a
0: couple other guys to go back, or women, you know. And I think that'll really do it. Last pro wrestling question. I okay. Swear. I mean, we could do this really, all night. We could. We yeah. could like do a five-part series. Yes. In radio, you've probably met a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. The coolest person wrestler you met? Okay. And I'm not gonna say the rudest, but like the most awkward. Yeah. I ever met. Um.
1: So the coolest, and I bet. I mean. Almost all of them are cool. I remember we had Rusev and Lana in back in the day, and I was making fun of Bulgaria, and Rusev's famous line was, in Bulgaria, we have all the internet. You know, because I was telling them, well, there's no internet in Bulgaria. Um, I had Cena in when he was still, you know, Thugonomics, and he was awesome. Um, But my favorite's always going to be CM Punk, because I had CM Punk for half an hour straight. You know, usually these guys come in, they're on a timeline, they go, you know. I had CM Punk one-on-one for half an hour. And he said, no, no topics off limits. And we talked about everything. And it was, and at one point I said, I think you're like John Cena. What year
0: do you think this was? Uh, uh, 2012. So his prime.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he was doing a a local appearance. He
1: wasn't here with WWE. He was here on his own. So I think that's why it it, it was so much better. Um, And I said to him, you and John Cena are completely different, but you're completely the same. He was like, what? I'm like. You guys both love the business. You guys both love being out there. You guys both get having the mic. You guys both love having your say. Now, what you say is completely different, and the the angle you come at it from is totally different. But there's so many similarities. It's like, man, I never thought of that before. And I hate that guy, but you might be right. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sam punches just did me.
0: Do you think we see him back
1: in the WWE ring? Man, I hope so. Mania, him and Raw. So. Him and Raw. I mean, it'd be that. Natural built. Story. I mean, it would blow the freaking roof off. And if they found a way to do it without buildup, but as a surprise, that actually surprised people. Yeah. I mean, or or something, or you know, maybe it's at a at Royal Rumble. You know, um, CM Punk screws Rollins out of the Rumble out of the Rumble. Win. I mean, that would be unbelievable. Um, if they could figure, you know, if you would say yes, and if they could figure that out, it would be amazing. Um, worst was Enzo. And I was really disappointed because I was really excited to have, and the problem was I was supposed to have him in person and he was running late. And so it ended up being a phone interview. And I think that was part of it, but like, he was half in character, half out of character. I don't know. Cause I've had big casts in, I had big casts on my podcast and he was great. Now and and our, my prayers are out to him. I hope he's not on, I hope he's not drinking. I hope he's not, you know, cause he's an alcoholic and he has issues. I mean, when he drinks, when he doesn't, he's healthy and he's great, but i had Enzo on like, Right when he was getting big, yeah, and it was like, I don't know if he didn't know what to do, but he was just a Richard, he was just a Todd, he was just a jerk, and so, like, that it did not go well. We, Sammy Zane, also didn't go well, but I don't know, really, and I've heard good things about him. I don't know if he just wasn't in the mood, but it was like one word answers, so I, but that, but again, that one was over the phone, it wasn't on it, it wasn't in person. Um, I've had um, Sin Sin Cara in person, and he was really good. Um, you know you know who I had that surprised the hell out of me? Baron Corbin was great. He was great. He's an offensive lineman, so he's smart. And you can hate him as much as you want, and he is boring. But when I did a podcast with him, dude was like so nice and a real guy.
0: And I just want, I want him to be that guy on, on, on Friday nights too. Uh, November 2018, it was the first Raw at the Forum. Yeah, it was awful. It had like three Baron Corbin spots, and yeah. that's kind of what I, yes. oh, oh, it was. Yes, oh, it was like horrible. horrible. On the internet. Oh, best thing he ever did. King of the ring with him. Yeah. I like him now. He's the best heel in WWE right he is now. He's a really good heel, and for a
1: while, he was a boring heel, and that sucked. He's not boring anymore. No. He, he, he's he he's developed, right?
0: I totally agree. He's developing into a good heel. All right, we're going to take our last break and do our last segment with Mitch else We're, we're going to talk tonight I would say we're going to talk Chinooks now. Be right back here on the Nook Nation podcast. Back for our final segment with Mitch Thundernells. We've gone thirty minutes now. And we haven't talked about Schnooks yet. So got, Nation. So we should say, like we've mentioned, you got we, you know, we did a lot of marketing partnerships through your radio stations Absolutely. over here. And then yep. how many years now have you been doing on field hosting thing? It's four or five. or five. It's four or
1: five. Um, and even before that, uh, you know, when Dean was the uh, VP of marketing and the general manager of the Schnooks, and even before that, when he was with TMJ, I mean I remember showing up to Kids to Kids Christmas and I was working with Jim at the time. And hanging out with Dean, and you know, then the Schnooks thing was happening. And I'll always remember the groundbreaking of Capco Park because we came out, and this was still when uh, Drew and Dan were doing the D list. Mm-hmm. And, and so we came out. Drew and Dan came out, and then Homer and I came out, and we did um, we did the announcement of the groundbreaking, and then we did the ribbon cutting when the stadium was open. Yeah, and it was like November May first to November first. So we come out November 1st, and it's like 60 degrees, and it's beautiful, and it's a great day. We come out May 1st. And it snowed. There were flurries. I remember I went to the McDonald's in Nukuan and I bought like eight hot chocolates and just gave them out to everybody because Needles was complaining about something shocking that Dan Needles is complaining. Love you, Dan. Um, he listens to the podcast yeah. regularly. But so Dr. Ferry was here from Concordia, and of course Jim was Jim Kaczmarek was there, and Dean Renicky was there, and Robin Young was there, and I think John Hammond was there yeah. as, as GM of the Bucks. He he was a part owner at the time. I don't think Bud was there for those. Um, but it was just you know it was. Um, just that beginning of something exciting and something great in our community and something so family-friendly and awesome. Just to be a part of it, even from the first day,
0: is just really special. And if you weren't there for the final game of the 20 or the summer 19, Mitch Nell's pulled off a feat that has never been done at Cafco Park before. Oh, he wore nine oh, yeah. different outfits for nine different innings. That is true. I wore
1: a different shirt uh, from – I think they were – I don't know if they were all from this year, but most of them yep. were from this year. I may have pulled out one old one or one old uh, logo, um, but yeah, every inning, I changed shirts. I had the Rock and Robin shirt. I had the Mac Fund shirt that I got from playing in that game, um, and I got all the different. Um, Seven, eight, I got the Nook Nation one. Yep, I had the '80s night um, that was from uh, 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 night the um, Big FM, you know, 95.7. 7 um, And so it was just that was a lot of fun. I think by the third or fourth inning, people started saying, "Are you? Did you? What? Are you? What? Were you?" The, 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 but the, but and I was like, "Yep, yeah, yeah," Um, and, and that was. And we got a picture. I think we got a picture each inning, yeah. or at least eight. I think we ended up getting. I think we missed one. No, I think you got them. Did all. we get online? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think when I was counting them, I had eight. Um, So maybe there's one more that I, that I didn't get. Um, but it was just fun having different, you know, different shirts. I think I wore the walk-off for cancer one, the purple one yeah. for that one um, from the the walk we did even before the season started, right? June, no, third week. Oh, third week. week. Okay, yeah. yep. I remember that the the Thunders did that with Dario and Jen Latta was out here too. Um, and congratulations to them; they just had another baby. So, oh, really? Yeah, All yep, right. yep. So, so they have I uh, I don't even think they're little girls two yet, and cool. they have they have another baby at home, and so a lot of sleepless nights in the uh, Melendez Latta home. So, good luck, you guys. Uh, I'm gonna
0: take Pro Wrestling Night out of the equation.
1: Other than that, yeah. your favorite theme night. Favorite theme night. Um you know that's a tough question. I think, you know, when I'm at the games, I'm more paying attention to um to, to all the different uh in-between inning promotions. And so obviously the middle race is one of my favorites. You know, the um the Mass Singer was a great one. Oh, yeah. That, so that was a great one. And that's a new one because yeah, that's new. That yeah, I, I did that too. Um I couldn't talk the next two days because I was animal. I was, you know, that was the costume we got. So all night I was like, "Animal, animal!" Well, you do that for like seven innings. My, I, I ruined my vocal cords, and so I, so the next two days I literally couldn't talk. Thank goodness I didn't have to do any, um, MCing or auctioneering or anything like that.
0: So you did so, back fun game Saturday morning. Oh my gosh, mass singer yes. Saturday night yep. for our game, right. and then host and then, it the next day. Yeah. Yeah, my wife wasn't so happy with you guys that weekend. <laughs> so she had a blast
1: at the MacFund game itself. Uh, but it was that was a busy weekend, but that was okay. And, and, and you know what? That's what being part of the Lakeshore Schnicks family is all about. It's like, you know, when the Schnicks are out of town, you take a deep breath and, you know, you got five games and seven nights or whatever it is, and you know you're working a lot. And, you, you know, you're putting in the hours, but you're getting a lot out of it. And it's, you know, it's all worth it. When I'm running around and I'm throwing a T-shirt out into the crowd and, you know, I I throw it and an 11-year-old catches it and you see that smile or, uh, you know, you see the four-year-old walk up with the ice cream and then you grab the ice cream and walk away and they're like, what? And they're like, oh, I thought that was ice cream for me. And then you give back and they're all excited. And, you know, when I get to bring the Rumbles there and they're doing the bounce house in the kids area, but they don't even want to – I mean, my older daughter's going to be 10. She wants the mic. You know, she wants the host on the field. She doesn't want to – she's too big for the playground. She wants she wants to hang with me. So she's helping me right. You know, she's telling the kids where to go. And you, yeah, know, you know, she's like a, a mini thunder out there.
0: you have to train her this season.
1: I will. I definitely will. Um, she was very upset last year that we did not get her. Um, she didn't do one of the um junior PAs. Uh-oh. So so we'll book it, we'll book that because it was her birthday and like we didn't think the person was gonna show up, and then they last second they showed up, so she didn't get to do it. So she still did like a couple of the races and did other stuff. Um but we'll make sure we get that done for her this year.
0: I'm pretty sure she was the Rocky race to home contestant before Gil charged the fill on Rock and Robinson night.
1: I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. So absolutely. So she, she got won. so she got the win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She got the W. Um, but it's just,
1: you know, being able to bring the kids out, being able to tell friends and family, hey, we're going to the game tonight. You know, we should all hang out. You know, this family comes this night, and this family comes this night. And just, you know, the food's always good, the game's always good. You know, it's, it's always a great experience at capco park you have a favorite food item at the ballpark um i don't even know if i had it this year um brisket on the
0: pizza oh i got bad news for you no more
1: brisket or no more pizza
0: probably no more brisket i don't care with that it's expensive it is expensive yeah. um tell you what we'll no. keep brisket set aside just for when you No, because
1: i can do pulled chicken on the pizza
0: Mm, bad Pulled chicken got also oh, that whole pulled pork thing, but pulled chickens. I, I can't get wait, really pulled too pork. Much. Pulled pork on yeah, also. Pulled pork will be here. So what else know. is going to be? Just the Angus burger, with the pulled pork. We got revamp plans for the. Area. Okay, okay. I can't announce yet, but I think you'll be. I think you and fans of the state of yeah. Wisconsin. So I think it. my favorite right now is creating my own pizza. Yep. Whatever it
1: ends up being, Um, you know, I don't need. I don't need pepperoni. I don't need sausage, but hamburger. I'll put on my pizza. Yep. I'll put chicken on my pizza. Um, and so you know, I got. Um,
0: I take it back. We're okay. gonna have shredded chicken probably in the walking tacos. Okay. So I think we can All right, make. So it I can work grab fire. it. Yep, okay. Yep. yep. Um. So that, that may. It, I. I
1: mean, I like the pizzas, but when I can make my own pizza, that's my favorite. All right. I'm gonna end. We
0: got just a few minutes left. Yeah. A little rapid fire. One more answers. Okay. All right. All
1: I right, one more answers. Okay. Favorite food. Uh. And overall. Yes. Uh. I got your go steak. Favorite fast food restaurant. Oh, that's so hard. I love them all so much, you know. Out of nowhere, Burger King. I love Burger King. I agree.
0: We just had Burger King the other day.
1: Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. I love Burger King. I I I had what I recently had Wendy's and it was fine. Burger King, all day. Yeah, I think it's so underrated.
0: Favorite sit-down restaurant,
1: like of all time, like the sit-down. And I mean, it's got to be a steak place. Um, Maybe not. I've. You know what? Right now, I'm just gonna say Odd Duck because Odd Duck in in um, in Bayview is just fantastic. I haven't had a bad meal there. Um, it's not my steak place, but um, but I'll go with Odd Duck. Favorite movie? Good Will Hunting. Never seen it. But, what? I swear. What yeah. is wrong with I you? I know. I know. Well, being the Boston kid, I guess. Yeah, say I get it. it. But yeah. you you need to see Good Will Hunting. I, I mean, you just do things. like it. I own it. I will lend it to you. I have the DVD. Do you have a DVD player somewhere in your house? I'll just stop by my local video shop and rent it. Uh, why don't you go to Redbox? I got a box. Has, it right so. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, favorite TV show? Um, wow. Uh, I really like Veronica Mars. Um, I really like The Good Place. Do you see a theme there? Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell. Yep. I love her. Oh, Kristen. I love you. I love you.
0: We going the we entered the celebrity, crush yeah, yeah. It's probably although I have a lot of
1: celebrity crushes, um,
0: but um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with those. Favorite pro athlete of all time, Larry Bird. Larry Bird, uh, favorite sports venue, Fenway. No, I shouldn't know. It's okay. i mean, Favorite a- Milwaukee attraction,
1: oh, where do I tell people they need to go when they come visit? Um, I mean, should I say Capco Park? It's. No, park. I do I mean, like Capco really Park. I know, I know.
0: Capco Park's one B. Yeah, one
1: A. Um, I, you know, I just I don't know that I have one. I, just everywhere downtown. I mean, I, I you know what it might be—the streets of Old Milwaukee in the public museum. Oh
0: yeah, very, specifically the streets
1: yep. of Old Milwaukee. Love the streets of Old Milwaukee. Uh,
0: Bucks game
1: or Brewers game? Um, Brewers game.
0: Last one I had to ask is just like you: okay. Summerfest or State Fair?
1: Summerfest, really? Big time.
0: Why? Um, I I've
1: never I've never connected with State Fair, wow. and I don't really know why. I've been there, but I haven't been there consistently. I don't go every year. And Summerfest, let me be clear: before six p.m. Oh, I agree. Before I love I love Summerfest before six p.m. I loathe Summerfest after six p.m. But you give me noon to three, and you say. Here's 30 bucks and you walk the grounds for three hours. I love Summerfest because it's still great people watching. It's not overcrowded and it's just fun. So I will take noon to three Summerfest over any of it. I'm gonna take you to State Fair. We're going
0: to, I'm gonna show you State okay, Fair. Okay, because
1: I, I don't I haven't done State Fair. All right. I um, mean I've been there many times, but I never feel like I've done it. I've always go I always have a reason to go and I go and I do that and I leave and then I like look around and I smile around, but I've never done State Fair. So if you feel like you do State Fair, we'll do
0: that this summer. All right. It's a date. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Nook Nation podcast. Thunder. Nook Nation. Eric Snodgrass. Snodgrass. Always a pleasure. Do you want to close
1: us out? As Eric Snodgrass said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this episode of Nook Nation. Maybe the greatest episode in the history of the Nook Nation podcast. And remember, tell your friends. Tell your family to listen to the Nook Nation podcast.